a moon It'll be the same dead You ain't going crazy It's all in your head Let me tell you It's all interpretation Oh my To find the truth You gotta read between the lines Dang it, Bobby Work out your own salvation You are the best of white people I got a path It's hard to find If it's more than a place It's a state of my heart That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. The Market Mag Show podcast. I love that we never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. <laughs> you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. Because, you know, if you actually watch some different videos, especially on the tube of you, yeah. holy moly, you could be convinced the world is flat. We never walked on the moon. <laughs> Anything. It's all because yeah. people. Wow, Mark. So how are you this morning, Mark Congleman? Doing pretty well. But My favorite so far is Johnny. Real quick. That was an huh? inside joke. If you're yeah. a new member, if you're a new person to the show, I called him Congleman. Okay. His name is Congleton. He, we, one day we got talking about our names getting misspelled on business cards or something. And he, yours yeah. was misspelled on the business card. And that led to an A entire thing. Yeah. How, yeah. how did they, how did they misspell your name? On the it was, card? it was Congleton. Uh, yeah. see it, They put an I after the T at the end. I love it's like it. a medical condition. He's in yes. Congleton nurse. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I thought it sounded more like jello, you know? Just, I'd like to have well, the king. <laughs> we're at lunch one day with yeah. a guy who's a huge friend of the show. He's the president of a local college, and he's one of these people that knows everybody. Yes. I mean, it, it, all these everybody that comes in the restaurant passes by the table. Hey, how are you? He gets up mm -hmm. and he introduces us, and he keeps introducing me as Mark Congleman. <laughs> Not Congleton, but Congleman. And then, <laughs> because I can't leave any scab alone, I got to pick it. <laughs> no. And Mark was having fun with that. Yes. So we're out golfing. We're telling our different, we're telling people that we know, okay, that know how much we care about the person that we're poking fun at. Okay. Yeah. They know how we truly do love this. Man. Yes. And he's such a good man. It's just funny that he, but he yes. does know everybody anyway. So we ended up telling Scott Dawson, this is back before he ran for governor and all that. And he, um, we were golfing one day and I'm not kidding. Mark had just I learned. Was just Mark learning. Was, yes. He was just starting. I mean, yes. it's like your second or third time. Think about it. Second or third yeah. time on a golf course. And he golfing with a guy that shoots 75 all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not me. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Scott Dawson. Anyway, right. Dawson, uh, Mark was having a little trouble on the hole and I play better. I play to the, to who I, I tend to play to the caliber of, uh, ability mm -hmm. I'm with. And so right. some holes I was playing right with Scott. Yeah. Others I was playing with Mark. So, you know, <laughs> I have no skills in this. It's just, you know, anyway, but I'm walking with Mark. I mean, with uh, Scott, because my, I had a good drive and a good second shot and Mark didn't. Mark's still working on, you know, I'm I think you might have working on a different hole. And, uh, I, I think I was on my eighth or ninth and <laughs> it's way back behind you. you know? I just know Dawson goes, you think one of us should go help the Hong Kong woman? That's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Now it's a thing. Yeah. So there you And go. I think, I think that might've been the day that Scott became really a friend, you know, instead yeah. of just a, the business acquaintance that we hung yeah. around with a lot that we liked, he became a friend that day. Yeah. But when, when he went trash talking us yeah. <laughs> doing that yeah. and then 
Yeah, he became the friend. Yeah. <laughs> He's was, the guy. You were thinking about you're talking about him the, the way he plays. He actually owns a set of Callaways he really bought. Yeah. I mean, I've got a set of Callaways I got on eBay. Okay. <laughs> I've got a set of Callaways Mike uh, Eccles put together for me at thrift stores. <laughs> Three dollars a club. Yes. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what's sad is that those those uh thrift store Callaways were better than the uh the ones that I had made for me. And uh Yeah. You know, because oh gosh! Just, well, they, yeah, we. I think we both went to that custom golf place, the same place, and had clubs made for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, went, I did. I went to a place. You know, I went to down in Pelham. Okay, I went to Tallahassee, okay. Georgia, and did my. He went West to that place Coast in Georgia. Georgia. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. War is it Warrior Golf? West Georgia Golf Company. West Georgia Golf. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. and there's a place. There was a place near actually, us Mark, in the Birmingham. Very well, might be whatever you just said, because it could, I did it 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, Think that was the that. same for me. When it you start talking about things like that, that were a quarter of a century ago, that's when you right. just know I'm old. I, I shouldn't have got up this morning. <laughs> I should have stayed in the box. I, I really, well, I hear myself saying things in my head, Mark. I don't want to become yeah. a burden to anybody. And I think about that and go, oh, I got old. I don't want to become a burden. <laughs> I watched the fat person show where they're going to Houston to meet Dr. Now so they can get a 600 pounds mm-hmm. your, your surgery. And I'm like, I'm past them. Yeah. I, I look Yikes. at that and I think I couldn't eat all that, but I would try, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So here we are. <laughs> I'd be the guy going, are you going to finish that? <laughs> <laughs> and tell you what, man, you try to grab food off the plate of a 600 pound person. Oh, oh buddy. Yeah, come, if they can move, will, you will come back with a nub. Yeah. That's all. Or they'll saying. hit you with yeah. their stick, you know? Their yardstick they used to they can't get up anymore. You'll come Ooh, back with you. a fork in the back of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because they were trying to eat it. They thought it was food. <laughs> oh, you my know, gosh. If you have not watched that shit, let me tell you, you know what? One of the worst things to do for a person like me, I've got a dark sense of humor, and I don't pick on people outside the house unless I know them really well and I'm in front of them. Because right. I have I have said things that I thought were really funny. Um, in a crowd and, uh, like the time I, I was on stage with Mark and Jenny Owens was the uh, big artist at the time <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. Oh, oh, <laughs> and she, uh, Christian entertainment artist person. And, uh, she's blind and she had made behind. a joke with us on the air and I merely pretty much, they were running behind. So I made a joke and said, yeah, they let, let her drive. And, yeah. <laughs> and oh, those people, they just got, oh, you, you gave them something to be offended by and they were always looking for something to be offended yeah. by. So they got offended oh, and they did. And I had to say, but it was okay with her. <laughs> you know, the thing, it, it was funny when she told the joke yeah. on the show, apparently not yeah. when we tell it from the stage. No. Yeah, that was <laughs> That's when we realized that not every crowd was our crowd. You know, when you go to somebody right. else's concert, they might not be your crowd. They might be the religious crowd that really doesn't like you anyway. I didn't know that. But then wow. I thought I gave them a reason not to like us too. So there you have it. But <laughs> still funny. All right, Mark. Um, Which is one, why there was a Mothers Against Mark and Mac. Yes. Yes. That came, by the way, that was about SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm not kidding. That was, the, that, that was the stick that landed on the back of the camel and the camel went, hey. I need more water. Stop. Because this is the hill you want to die on. Right. Sponge, a cartoon show. This is the hill you want to die on. Thank you. Yep. Now, now we know who you are and what you right. are. 
you know. <laughs> and you know what? The thing that it reminded me of is while I watched, uh, and it came down to here's the, the bottom line story: is my daughter was three years old, Hannah, and I, we were talking. I was talking about a special time and special time with her because we did have a very busy schedule. But it was every Saturday morning, and usually at least once or twice in the afternoon, I would sit down with her in my recliner. And we would watch SpongeBob together. Yeah. That's all it was. It was just snuggling with my three-year-old. And I loved it. And Mark bought her a set for Christmas, a DVD set of SpongeBob, season yeah. one, two, three, whatever it was. And which, by the way, are still in my car because we kept them. <laughs> They're in my car because of the QX56. It's got the DVD player. And right. So we had them in there for Braylon in case he wanted to watch them. But that offended people because SpongeBob, they, I don't know what they think he is. Um, he's clearly a sponge that lives under the sea and can talk and has Patrick SpongeBob as a friend or Patrick star as a friend. And, you and know, a squirrel they, with a space suit yeah. yeah, that lives underwater in it because I know that I've been to bikini bottom, you know, and, That's uh, right. it's very real. So everything about it's gotta be believable Flipping cartoon, but. They, that's what they, that was the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. was that uh, mm -hmm. they just couldn't believe it. And the thing is, there are plenty of shows for that are made for a religious audience. Uh, yeah. The little veggie tales and uh, at that time, Bible man and things like that. And I thought they sure. were interesting, you know, um, but I, they were never as good. Yeah. I will take that back. Veggie tales has a way of being good at times. Veggie tales kind of cut across everything. It yeah. Really did. And, yeah. uh, but because our competition at the time was all about veggie tales and they assumed we would be, and I just wasn't I, I'm like, because my thing was that unless you're really a church person and really involved in church and really in the right hand corner of the church, you don't know any of the church stuff. You don't know the right. language. Yeah. You don't know about who Bible man is. You think Bible man is actually a punchline. Uh, right. Veggie tales is something you eat at Thanksgiving. You know, it's not something <laughs> you play or watch on TV. And so I just didn't, and I, I still don't. I still don't do yeah. this. And, and I, I remember when, uh, the weird thing about it, Mark, I've been on radio for a long time, and I told you this, but in 90, the year before I joined you and we did WDJC, which was, I told my wife then, I've told other radio friends then, it really did. I knew when I took that job, not with Mark, but when I took the job at a Christian radio station, my career might not come back from it. Yeah. It, because even if you win, you will be dismissed by people in radio. And yeah. And yeah. it's just the way it is. And we did, but yeah. it didn't matter to them. Thing is, is that I did it because I felt like I was led there. I couldn't figure out why I met Mark and I knew why after it happened, but I did, had no way of knowing beforehand. Yeah. And it was really cool. But at no point in time, after you and I started doing the show in a Christian show on a Christian radio station, rather, I didn't get invited to speak at churches as often as I did in my last year doing country radio. I mean, I was speaking every week. I had to turn things down in, mm. in 99 where churches were inviting me to speak at their church. And it was because I was just living my life on a country yeah. radio station. I wasn't preaching. I wasn't reading Bible verses. I was talking about my faith. I was talking yeah. about my relationship, but that's because that is what we do. If, Right. You know, it's not something you pull out of the closet. It's who you are. I am not just a Christian on high holidays and Sundays or whatever. I mean, it's mm. a, it's a life. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's every, it's all consuming and it does show up in your work. Yeah. And so that's what happened. I got invited. And, but as soon as I was with you at DJC, it's like, nah, I never got requested. <laughs> what? 
How is that even possible, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know how it's possible. Yeah. Because, because all of us has a stereotype of what Christians are supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And outside the box, they have a stereotype. And if you're working on country radio and you talk a little bit about your faith, then you fit the stereotype of being a Christian. So you get invited to speak at Christian yeah. events and at Christian churches. Mm -hmm. Inside the box, the stereotype is a little bit different. Right. Okay, wait a minute. Let me back up. It's a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't match up, if you don't line up perfectly with that stereotype, then you're not worthy of gracing a stage right. or speaking to people or doing things. Wow. You're judged by a different standard. It's, it's, it is no less unrealistic than the other standard. Right. But you're still judged by a standard that's, that, that excludes you from a lot of things. Wow. And Jesus faced the same thing. Who did he piss off? Yeah. If, excuse me for the, using the yes. term, but who did he piss off? He pissed off the religious people. Yeah. Because he didn't fit their stereotype of what the Messiah was supposed to be. Wow. So if you don't fit the stereotype, and the reason you don't fit the stereotype is not because you are living a life of sin, <laughs> <laughs> right. then, then odds are you're not in bad company. You know, you're not. And, and, and that's, that's, and that, going back to, to uh, the Mothers Against Mark and Mac and yeah. SpongeBob and all that, mm -hmm. that's it's because we didn't fit the stereotype. Right. We yeah. weren't the Bless Me Club. We oh. weren't the Sunday School Extension Center. We weren't, you know, we weren't typical Christian radio. And the thing is, you listen to it now, and it's even further in the corner now uh, than it was then. Wow. Because it's, and this is something we have not on the air, but off air talked about many times is, is how we believe that the, the format has been committing slow suicide for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's, 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 <clears throat> it has suffered this, the fate that general, general radio has in that it yeah. has become corporatized and owned by remote places and it's all syndicated the vast majority of it's syndicated you listen yeah. to it everywhere in the country it all sounds the same right and that's in particularly that is true of the begging stations the the stations that actually yeah. buy up these yeah. uh the signals all over because yeah. they have the money because people donated to them so instead yeah. of spending the money on ministry work they're buying up transmitter sites and towers and you know yeah and, and bless their hearts that that's how they make their living you know is by praying uh, not the weak-minded but mm -hmm. you know I'm going to well, be honest, if they, man. If they're honest, I don't have a problem. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you're, you, you know, we're, uh, yeah. come support us. This, we're doing this for you. We love you. We want you to, to enjoy this. This is for you. Please support us. I, that's not a problem. But when you start saying we're reaching out to the lost, then you're not being honest. Right. Because the lost don't listen right. to religious radio. Right. They just don't. You can't eat, you can't tie them to a chair and make them listen to Christian radio. <laughs> you can barely make me. <laughs> and the only reason I might do it is because I want to see who's on the air and how bad they are. You know, how, how far in the box are you? Do you have yeah. a 1-800-PRAY number? Actually, no, I've still got a 1-900-PRAY number, so you have to pay to call me to pray. You know? All right, I'm going to mail you my used hanky. Pray over this. That's, there you go. <laughs> here's your. This is your prayer rug. Yeah. It's 10 inches by 10 inches, and I use it to blow my nose a while ago if it's okay with you. I, I'm going to send you a prayer rug. It is the... Uh, it is the Captain Kirk uh, toupee. That's what I'm going to send you. Here's your prayer rug. Unbelievable. Hey, um, a couple other things. As long as we're there, Mark, um, Randy Weingartner, who I am not convinced is a true human. I, I see this person, <laughs> and I'm confused if I'm looking at a male or female, okay? It's like a shim or a shemale, whatever you call them. I don't know. I'm not mocking this person for their yeah. appearance. It's just I, 
I don't know. I I thought at first when I first looked at it, I thought it was a I thought it was a woman, but then I looked closer. I thought it was a man, but then I realized spelling the her, her. I guess it's a girl because she spells her first name with an I. Randy with an I. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just kind of thought her name might be Pat. You know, <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of. Are you? I'm not sure what you are, but she's the. This person is the one who heads up the um the school, school teachers union and yeah the American Federation of Teachers can't yeah. figure out why people are going to homeschool and she posted it she sent up a thing on X formerly Twitter uh, about homeschool and how it's grown and things like that and it's like her excuses for homeschool are growing and it's like no the reason people are pulling their kids out of school is because of what you are teaching them you're not <laughs> teaching them reading, write, reading writing and arithmetic when you have gender studies starting in kindergarten as Barack Obama said should yeah, happen yeah. and as he went along with the joke when Mitt romney you know said he did was going to do it many a true thing are said yeah. in jest and obama mm. did it and here we are it's only been 11 years since obama said you know Mitt romney says barack obama thinks we should teach sex education to kindergartners and everybody mm. laughed in that room like Mitt romney is such a stooge what an idiot for thinking that yeah and when the when the laughing quieted down he's like, yeah. i don't know what to say but hey it's the right thing to do Right. And what yeah. are we doing here? 11 years later, this is the effect of a president after they're gone. He put it yeah. into motion while he was there. They hired the people that he needed to get it done. And it just took time to push it through. And now on a national level, they're teaching children in kindergarten that the gen, that, that they're not, they want to know what pronoun they want to use. They have a card. And on this yeah. card, it says male, female, you know, or, you know, him, her, his, their, they, all these confusing things that I still yeah. don't, you can't be multi things. It's just, just because you want it to be that way doesn't mean it is. And I would like to be a millionaire, but I don't have a million dollars, so I cannot be a millionaire. Unbelievable. It drives me crazy. Wow. Yeah. And that's why people are not. I mean, all you got to do is there's only two genders, and you're not assigned it at birth. You're born. That right. is who you are. Yeah. That's it. It's not a game. And they're making it into a game and telling little kids who don't even know what it is. They're confusing them to the point where they're learning things about gender and sex and that they should never learn until yeah. they're an adult and married talking to their wife about something that just happened, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they're, and they wonder why people are taking their kids out of school. Homeschooling, um, uh, is now, a, according to a quote from this article, we're talking about an article on Fox News, by the way. Uh, homeschooling is now the fastest growing form of education in the United States. And Randy Weingarten still doesn't realize she's one of the greatest homeschool advocates in American yes. history. You know, <laughs> she's driving people to homeschooling. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, when we did that, we actually homeschooled Hannah. I knew nothing yeah. about homeschool. We One of the first events we did with the Mark and Mac show was a homeschool event at Southeastern Bible College at its old location yeah. on uh, 280, yeah. 280. 31, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I learned a lot that day about that. I thought homeschool was just you maybe sent off on the internet for somebody to give you the books and stuff, and that was it. But it's not. Actually, true homeschooling is right. it is a real thing of education. And if you can make the time to do it, if you have a spouse willing to, and it, it is a one, it's not a one-person show, but somebody has to be responsible. Yeah. You're part of a bigger group. You have another group ahead of you. You are part of an organization. You have uh, education tools. You have people that oversee that the work is being done properly. It's not because you're not capable as the parent of making it happen. It's just that they, some people think it sounds like a good idea and jump into it yeah. when it yeah. really, you're talking about education and your children learn things at a certain level at a certain time. And they still have to, even when they're homeschooled, yeah. but 
we did it with Hannah because she was bullied at school when she was in because of the Mark and Mac show. Unbelievable. And it was we had three years. And by the way, it, she wasn't being bullied by children. It was the teacher principal at the time. Mm, and yeah. we actually ended up in court and won. And we wow. still had to homeschool her. Wow. Two years. Yeah, two years. And the thing is, that's what we didn't want to, but we had to because she, if <laughs> we, we talk about bullying at school and if, if the teachers and administration are bullying certain children, think about that, man. How do you, do you really think you're going to let your kid keep a nickel in his pocket for milk? And boy, mm. that's old. What is it? A dollar for milk now? Yeah, who knows? I don't. <laughs> do you, do you remember getting like three or four cents to buy something? Yeah. I, I don't need to have a drunk baby head day going on here, but you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm still, I got that picture up of that Randy Weingarten person on my yeah. computer right now. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's a, that is a shim, right? I mean, uh, a well, girl, I don't know. Female? I really don't know what okay. her <clears throat> preference right is. Yeah. What I know uh, is that, uh, is that COVID opened a lot of people's eyes because they had to sit at home and watch oh, what their wow. kids were actually studying remote yeah. learning. Yeah. Parents sat back and looked over their kids' shoulders and said, what, did, wait, what did, the, what did they just say? Yeah. You know, because they were learning stuff that they knew was not true. Well, they were being because, told. You know what, Mark? I, I'm sorry to cut you off. But the, the, I just, I just hit something. When you do homework with your kid, you know, they bring home, especially in elementary school, they have a folder mm -hmm. that they bring home and the parent does with them. Now we didn't do that when we were growing up. When we were growing up from first grade on, you were accountable for whatever homework there was. Oh yeah. But these kids not, and I'm glad they're not because you know, they, they, they don't have a quiet classroom. They can't beat the kids. There's, you know, the classroom <laughs> is out of control. Yeah. They can't, they cannot make a kid sit in the dunce corner. They can't do anything to rein in this. And so, mm they don't get a lot of things taught the way that we would like them. And so they send a folder home and it shows the work they did that day and what their homework is for tonight. And what is, it gives you a good running job of what's going on. But you know what I found out? I just realized it. None of this other stuff is in there, Mark. The only thing that comes home from school is the mat. It's the normal stuff that you expect to see at school. None right. of this other stuff is ever included. I never realized that yeah. none of those pronoun cards or things that they're mm -hmm. doing. Half of their That's school right. day is spent on things that you don't see in that folder, or I don't see. Yeah. And I've been seeing yeah, those folders for a long time, man. And, and parents didn't see all that until remote learning happened, and they started You're seeing right. what their teachers were really telling their children. You are dead on And right. now, homeschooling, which was already a popular option for a lot of people, homeschooling is now extremely popular yep. because people have had it. They've, they're fed up with the system. Yeah. And to be fair... There are a lot of teachers that have had it and they're fed up with the system. There are a lot of good people who got into teaching because they wanted to help children learn and grow. Yeah. And they realized after they got into it that they're not helping children learn and grow. They're helping to indoctrinate children into some weird lifestyle that doesn't represent reality. And they're kind of stuck. You know, right. you go to school for all those years to get the degrees you need to teach. And here you are. You're sort of stuck. You know, bless their hearts. It's not all teachers are evil monsters trying to indoctrinate your children. Some of them are really stuck in a no-win situation. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a sad Kobayashi thing. Maru. It really is. It's a no-win scenario. Somebody needs to rewrite the code. And we will all 
be equal. Liar, liar, pants shoot on fire. Hey, Donald. I'm warning you. What are you going to do, Bill? Nothing, but Hillary will mess you up. She'll mess up the entire country. This is an attack on women. It's an attack on liars. Shut up, Donald. Ow. That's a lawsuit. If you're the Clintons, you take a lot of heat. It's what you do. When you want to buy a car and call your own price, you go to Regal Auctions. It's what you do. Go to RegalAuctions.com for a sexy deal. Shut up, Bill. Hillary. The Mark and Mac Show. The podcast keeping you up today as we look at 2023 uh, for the election. And, you know, Mark, when, when... things happen in our world today we don't pay attention to where they start and i think we need to especially as we head into election that's why i pointed out the randy Garden thing about school and education and how it was 11 years ago when obama mentioned as a joke you know he used it to mock mitt romney mm-hmm. and i remember at that time because I, at the end of it when he says and if you don't remember the quote we'll get it for you you can look it up it's just obama 2012 he was speaking at a planned parenthood thing which again think about that for a minute Anyway, it just, they're, it's not like they're not obvious. It's just that that's their standard thing. You don't really believe that, do you? You mm. don't really, you do not believe that we would tell a first grader that they can be whatever they want to be. They can be, by the way, when you and I were told that, it basically meant it doesn't matter how poor your parents are, keep your nose clean, work hard, you could be president someday. That's what be anything you want to be. That's what that meant for us. Now it's male female make one up day you know you can come to school and just create your own gender <laughs> yeah. day wow um, yeah. yeah anyway mitt romney stands yep. down will not seek presidential bid i didn't know he was considering it <laughs> did you i i did not either and i don't think many people did unless you're much bigger political junkies than we are they didn't know he was this was being considered i have a feeling though that mitt romney may not have actually been aware it was being considered <laughs> <laughs> He's standing down. He will not launch a presidential bid, according to his chief of staff. Romney's decision not to seek re-election to the Senate in 2024 sparked speculation that he was possibly eyeing a presidential bid again, potentially putting him against one of his most prominent Republican critics, that being former President Donald Trump. However, Romney's chief of staff has put the rumors to rest following the creation of the draft Romney Mansion Committee. A, a filing which was open with the Federal Elections Commission. According to reports, Romney was unaware of the filing and has no interest in launching a presidential bid at this time. He's not considering running for president on any ticket, according to his chief of staff. Romney's chief of staff says he was not aware of the effort. It's not known who is behind it. The FEC filing came before Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia announced he would not be running for re-election in 2024. The Associated Press reported that a group was pushing for Manchin to partner with Romney, who is also retiring from the Senate, to seek a third-party presidential bid. That group filed the paperwork to form a formal draft committee last Thursday. The final decision comes as Romney, who voted to impeach Trump, continues to attack the former president from the sidelines, asserting that Trump represents a failure of character. Quote, Donald Trump represents a failure of character, which is changing, I think, in many respects, the psyche of our nation and the heart of our nation. And that's something which takes a long time, if ever, to repair. He said that during an October appearance on CBS's Sunday morning. I I just need to stop right there and say, so is begging for the president's endorsement to win a seat, to win your election, to become 
the the, the politician you just retired the in the position you just retired from. So begging for his endorsement so you could win and then turning on him, that's not a failure of character. But what Trump has done is. So I, I'm really confused now, Mr. Romney, because it seems to me that going to a man you turned out to hate and stood against for his endorsement for your political success mm-hmm. is is not a failure of character in some way. Wow, you are a slimy political animal and always <laughs> have been. Yep. Uh, in his farewell announcement, Romney also attacked Trump for calling global warming a hoax, including yeah. that neither President Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront the critical challenges facing the nation. Uh. Trump, on the other hand, celebrated Romney's coming departure, considering it, quote, fantastic news for America, the great state of Utah, and for the Republican Party. I love it. See, that's why people like Trump. He doesn't cower down, take a high road anywhere. He goes right straight at it, which is what yep. most of us would like to do, but we were taught better. You know, it's like <laughs> he wasn't taught better. He was go straight ahead, bash who you want. Actually, I think his dad led by example. You know, I, I from mm. what I gather, his dad was a root, cutthroat, ruthless, ruthless businessman. And yeah. I'm sure that young Donald uh, got a view from the top on, on how to treat people, you know, when you have a lot of money. And yeah. it's not a way to win friends and influence people. It's a way to win. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, if you're, if your game is money, then fine. I don't really begrudge you. It's just not my game. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. No, I bet most people don't get passionate about communications the way you and I do. Yeah. Uh, they probably don't get excited about, you know, programming on radio stations and talk about, well, that music, that, that song should have been pitched up 2%, you know, and <laughs> Well, Why did they run a liner between those two songs? I mean, yeah, oh. <laughs> neither one of us, by the way, yeah. just so you know, neither uh, one of us can actually listen to the radio anymore. We just can't <laughs> because you know. we, ha- we listen analytically. Uh, I sit in the dentist chair with people's hands in my mouth, listening to the background music going, why did they play two Jimmy Buffett songs within yep. 20 minutes of each other? You well, know, <laughs> I do too. And I, or, you know, the worst one is, um, when, a um, Okay. Just so you know, there's a clock that has music on it as you build these things. And yeah, there are songs that have a separation between the artist or the group or right. the genre or the genre. I mean, there's all right. kinds of different separators. So you don't end up with two Jimmy Buffett songs within 20 minutes of one another. Unless right. yeah. unless you're talking about his death. And that's a different thing. Yeah. But well, you're doing some sort of a special yeah. feature. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I do the same thing. But now it's like if I, I take a break in the afternoon at a certain time or whatever, just stretch my legs, turn on, you know, go for a ride, whatever. If I turn the radio on to a specific radio station, I will hear the same song in the same hour from the day before. And it yeah. will, it'll be just like, <laughs> Holy free holies, man. Really? Something Is the that average person doing? wouldn't catch on to unless they listen to that same station every yeah. day and realize, Hey, it's two twenty, And that song played yesterday about the same time, yeah. you know? Oh. And, but, but that's only after they've heard that happen a dozen times and it finally yeah. clicks. Wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> Unbelievable. But for people like us, it's like, why did they say that? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> look, okay. Just so you know, if you're talking about the weather, you don't have to say degrees. it's 78 degrees. It's currently 78 degrees on the outside. Okay. If you're talking about weather, it's cool to just say 78. You don't have to, yeah. by the way, say it's Mark and Mac in the morning. It's the Mark and Mac show. Wow. Our time is 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. We're on the air in the morning. I don't think you need to be told that. Check it out tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. That's when it starts. 
<laughs> but no. Just in and case that, you're that confused, is, if you just so. managed to, to regain consciousness at a baseball field somewhere yeah. up north, <laughs> you uh, need to know what time of day it is. <laughs> right. It's just, anymore, it's just, things have changed. It's so funny. And I, you know what's really funny is when my son Andrew uh, got his big time. Uh, well, it would have been back in the day, a career making move was when he got the gig in Atlanta. And because of how radio has killed itself, mm. a crowning achievement, uh, a career to build on all those things. Nope. It was just another, it, it, he got really good. He did. I will tell you that in his time working there as a full-time on air person, he got better because the program director is excellent or was, mm. um, coached him taught him and really did in part because he had a young guy that was, think about it. You've got a young guy who was raised by somebody successful in the, in the format, in the, in the business. And yeah. you've been, and I had, I had grilled him over certain things, you know, why things are done a certain way. I, if you want to be in radio, I'll help you. Yeah. You're not going to like it. And this guy, because he wasn't me, was able to really impart things to him. And he, thank God he was brilliant. And Andrew learned a lot and got really good. The bad mm. part about it was what should have been a huge open door to a career future of just great things. There is no, there is nothing like that now. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And he realized the dead end it was. And I thought, how, what a shame it is. You know, that yeah. is just a shame. So yeah. now it is I asked him if you really love it, you really want keep doing it. You know, it's not mm. about the money. It never is about the money. If you take a job for money, you're not going to be happy. I promise you that. Yeah. If you're not making enough money to live on and you're doing a full-time job, then you got to move. You got to change. Right. You can't complain yeah. about that. Right. Anyway, yeah. it's just the way things have changed, Mark, and it's not all good. It really is not all good. Yeah. Um, like, how did we end up with Joe Biden as president of the United States of America when the man can't walk up or down a set of stairs, cannot seem to get yeah. by without a, a snort of cocaine in the White House, which is just despicable. I mean, mm. look, man, in the 80s, if there had been cocaine in the White House, I'd have understood it. In the 90s, I think there was, but Bill Clinton, you know, according to his brother Roger, Bill Clinton has a, a bigger cocaine nose than, you know, Hoover vacuums. I thought that was his nickname was Hoover, because if you had white powder, he was snorting it. They had to watch out, because when uh, their little baby was young and they had baby powder, baby powder spilled on the floor, Bill Clinton was down there snorting it up. But, you know, but now I'm thinking, okay, well, all the people that are around Joe Biden that are having to use drugs to impair their judgment because he's ridiculous. How do you, yeah. how do you live with yourself when you're doing know. this to the people of the United States? You, you do, you do drugs, Mark. That's how they're yeah. getting pie. They're partying. Yeah, they're not, be. they're just going crazy. Yeah. They, it has to be. I think, I, and, and where's the outrage, by the way, yeah, that's the thing that bothers me. Where's the outrage? Because there was a time that if, that if cocaine had been found in the white house, there would have been, and it became public there would have been pub a public outcry. What the heck is going on here? When, and okay, where where's the person who's doing this and why are right. they still employed? Right. Why are our tax dollars be still being used to fund this person's habit? Because that's what's going on here. Right. No, no, stop it. Our tax dollars are not to be spent that way. They're gone, out of here. And where's where is that now? It's it's oh well, this is all just a witch hunt. You're just trying to you're just trying to demonize but a Nothing to see here. Nothing. Nothing to see here. Move on. It's all. It's Russia. It's all. It was planted by Russia. Yeah, that's what it was. Do you remember? And it happened. Um, Hamilton Jordan. Do you remember that name? Ham it Jordan. Bell. Yeah. Okay. He was part of the Carter administration in the late seventies. Um, when, oh, 
I can't. Ian Schrager and uh, his partner in Studio 54. Yet Ian Schrager and the other guy. Anyway, um, it's going to drive me crazy. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, um, <laughs> Studio 54 was the big disco in New York. It had gone bonkers. And the, uh, there were two basic owners and a silent partner. And the club was a place to party. They, they It was just a party central. Look it up. But when they got in tax problems and it looked like they were going to have a lot of trouble in court and could lose, they threw out the, uh, what is that guy's name? It was the gay guy that he died. Um, uh, Ian, Ian, Ian's still alive, I think, but, uh, you're talking about oh. the other guy, uh, Steve Rubell. Thank you. Yeah. Steve okay. Rubell. Yeah. He I had to look away. it up. <laughs> Thank you. All right. But Steve Rubell actually said that he saw Hamilton Jordan snorting coke inside studio 54. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that wasn't enough to create. He brought down the entire U S government on yeah. studio 54. He thought it would be a way to back him up. Like I can accuse you of anything and you'll, you'll cave, you'll get off my back. No, no, because it wasn't true. Yeah. And it was something so heinous in the public's eye that he would now, this is not doing cocaine at the white house and leaving a baggie or a powder sitting out. This mm. is in a nightclub known for use of drugs. Yeah. And they accused him of this because yeah. he had been in the club dancing or something. Yeah. Anyway. It's that was big enough to really, and that's why I think rebel and I think that's why they ended up in prison. They could have mm. got away with a fine and whatever, but accusing him, even though it now it was in the eighties and it was the uh, Reagan era, the dawn of the Reagan era, they were sent to prison because of accusing Hamilton Jordan, I think. Wow. And again, and that was accusing a man of doing something. A lot of people are doing in a public place, not the white house. Right. He didn't do it, but they just right. made it up. Yeah, but now yeah. we have somebody finding a bag of cocaine stashed yes. some, in a hiding spot in right. the White House. Right. And everybody's just like, meh. Yeah, I'm thinking, did that name ever fit a building? The White House, you know? Yeah. <laughs> The following conversation is real. It took place between a advisor and a subscriber. Hello, Constar. May I help you? Yeah, I, uh, I locked my keys in my car. Oh, we can open that right up for you. Really? With Constar satellite technology, you'll never have to worry about being locked out of your car again. Hey, you unlocked my doors. That's so cool. You think that's cool? Watch this. <laughs> you did that from there. Not only that, but I noticed from the sensors in your seat that your blood pressure's a little high. How do you know that? Seatbelt's a little snug. Are you putting on weight? What? Constar. Always there. Always ready. Always a little too quick to point out the problems. Mark and Mac Show podcast overlooking the day's uh, headlines and things like that, mainly as we look for 2024. I really thought, Mark, by this time, um, we're, less than, we're less than a year away from the election. I thought by now that Donald Trump would have bailed on, said, I'm not going to, I'm not running. You guys solved it, figure it out. I really yeah. did think they were going to wear him down that much. And it seems to me that the more they come after him, the, the bigger he gets, yeah. the stronger he gets. That's, and I, I think, think people, it's accurate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think people are looking at him saying, because how many people have taken a deal just to make something go away? Mm. Okay. I know I've done some wrong. I'll take What kind of plea can I take that prevents me from going to prison and losing all my money? What can yeah. I do? Yeah. That's the negotiation. Yeah. And in this case, it's like, no, you, you accuse me of this. We're fighting. We're going to go to town and, mm. and good for him. 
That's how he wants. Ed, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. If I'm these guys age, I'm not running for the white house. You know, I'm not mm. going to be president. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I made it that long. I'm seriously considering moving to the beach and living in the sand. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> going by the army Navy store and picking up a used tent. Yes. You know, <laughs> just living I'll, on the beach. <laughs> I'm going to put my tent in on Ocracoke Island. And then, you know what? I'll live there. Until I die, and then when I die, if nobody messes with me, the sand will eventually knock me down. I'll be there. I'll be just part of the environment. You know, there you go. That's a dream come true for Dave, right there. But we've uh, got people who, in their, in, at advanced ages, advanced yeah. years, running for president. But back to back to him getting stronger. I he absolutely is getting stronger because more and more people are waking up and realizing that the current administration is using everything in its grasp to destroy him because he is going to win if right. he stays in the race. I mean, that's, I mean, he could even win. And <laughs> I have a feeling he could be in a prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> Prisoner 132 C <laughs> wins the, the election for president. You know, right. <laughs> I think it could happen. How funny. I think it could. And I, it, the insanity that's going on now is just becoming more and more obvious. I keep going back to the uh, the uh, the Kavanaugh hearings. I think people started waking up. More people started waking up mm -hmm. uh, during the Kavanaugh hearings because right. they were seeing what, who is that crazy person talking about his high school yearbook. Right. You know, they started realizing these people are desperate, angry, and they're power hungry, and right. they and for they have a reason they don't want this guy on the Supreme Court. So. He'd better be on the Supreme Court, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and we're seeing that same thing happen now, I think, when people, the people who are actually rational, reasonable, honest people are mm -hmm. looking at the situation and realizing, wow, the Democrats sure are frantic about this and they're throwing a lot of stuff at Trump. What are they hiding? Right. Why don't they want him to win? And one of the things is, is racism. They, they scream racism. They scream. Uh, they, they try to paint him as being an anti-Semite. He has Jewish grandchildren. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, he's, uh, <laughs> he's the dude threatened to break the country club in Miami in uh, on South yeah. Beach. Right. Yeah. If you. What do you mean? You don't have Jews here. Um, either you let him in or I'm pulling my money out of every I'm I'm leaving. I will yeah. leave Mar-a-Lago. I will yeah. sell everything. And if you keep it this way, that's that's Donald Trump. That's by the way. Not something you know about from the press telling you. You only know it right. if you know he's done it because you had to find out, you know? Yeah, Ugh. yeah, exactly. And one of those things is illegal aliens um, no, and being deported from the United States. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Biden's one of Biden's spokespersons has said that would be a horrifying reality being deported from the United States. If former president Donald Trump is elected president next year, um, Trump's immigration agenda was detailed in the New York Times over the weekend. His plan includes the following mass deportations of illegal aliens an end to birthright citizenship for U.S. born children of illegal aliens, a large scale increase in immigration detention space, the end of former President Obama's DACA program for illegal aliens, a travel ban for countries with a history of exporting terrorism, safe third country agreements to end asylum shopping, the reinstatement of the remain in Mexico policy and the reimposition of title 42 to better control the Southern border. That, wow. that is a comprehensive and necessary plan. Mm -hmm. Every last bit of it is in response. Biden campaign spokesman, Amar Musa 
I'll just let you just pause. I'm going to pause and let you think about it. Okay. Uh, told, the politic- told Politico, the plan is a, quote, horrifying reality that awaits the American people, end quote, if Trump is elected president in 2024. Today, there are at least 1.2 million fugitive illegal aliens living across the United States who have final orders for deportation, whom Biden's Department of Homeland Security has not deported. They know who these people are. Right. I would say most in most cases, they probably know where they are. Eh, we're not touching them. Last month, the House Judiciary Committee report from Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio and Tom McClintock of California suggests that Biden's DHS is failing to report about 99% of illegal aliens arriving in the United States. By the end of last year, Records reveal that Biden's DHS drastically cut the number of illegal aliens being deported from the interior of the U.S. after having been arrested by local or state law enforcement. The the agency deported the fewest illegal alien gang members in fiscal year 2022 since Obama was in office. (laughs) Why? Future Democrat voters. That's why. They're already allowing illegals to vote in some cities on the coasts. It's just a matter of time before they say, well, they live here. Shouldn't they get, shouldn't they be able to vote for who they think should lead? That'll be the argument. They live here. They benefit from our services. They're, in, they're contributing members of our communities. Even though they're here illegally, shouldn't they be granted the right to vote in our elections? This, hmm. is, this is the thinking of the left. As despicable as it is, Mark, I... The fact that they actually are part of our political process, part of our leadership, part of the government boggles my mind. They shouldn't be. And, you know, it's not being mean to tell people, look, we have a way of becoming a United States citizen by being here legally. Mm -hmm. I do not have a problem because the one argument, it just is too tough to do it. Well, you know what? Life has a lot of things that are very tough, but there are people every year that go through the entire process. They come here legally. They want to become part of American society. They assimilate. They learn to be a citizen and take the test and become a citizen, which is not easy. It's tough. I get you. It's not supposed to be easy. And the fact that I probably couldn't pass the citizenship test is moot point. (laughs) I don't have to. You know, I was born here. And that birthright citizenship has always bothered me. You know, you get two people. Uh, to a man and a look, I understand wanting to get your child, you know, to be a U.S. citizen because it is so that the thing that illegal immigration really points to is the one thing the liberal Democrats lie about. Mm. They want you to believe our country sucks, that we're horrible people, and that we are uh, failing. That if we do not follow along with their, if we don't follow lockstep behind the liberal agenda, our country is doomed. Mm. Well, let me tell you what this doomed nation. People are willing to go, you know, to get on an inner, an old inner tube made for a, an above ground pool, float through shark infested waters for days without food and water with their family to get to the shores, hopefully, of the United States of America. Willing to risk everything to start in a country they don't even speak the language because they know, at least here, opportunity exists. So the influx of these illegals coming here is proof positive that we are a great nation. Sometimes we forget it because we live in it every day. You forget how good it is. Thing is, it's pretty good, but we've got some problems. And the problems are in our leadership and a lack of understanding of how taxes should work, how you generate money. The government should not be uh, in the business of throwing people out of their houses over tax benefits and our tax uh, back taxes and things. There should be 
should be a way of going back to a constitutional representative republic as opposed to what we have now, which is mm. really getting close to a 5149 democracy of bull. You know, we're close yeah. to that. And I'll tell you what, I used to believe in that, Mark. I did, when I was a younger person, I thought, why doesn't the majority rule? You know, why is that not? I thought that was democracy. People think that too, by the way. Yeah, there do. are yeah. many Americans that believe majority rule. That means if we were that somebody who gets really popular for a brief period of time, just red hot, saying the right thing can sway the American people to vote for them. And in reality, they're nothing but Hitler's little boy, you know, yeah. and yeah. they don't get found out until later, just like Hitler did. By the mm -hmm. time the people in Germany knew what they had done, he was already entrenched and had killed off his it killed. That's why they have the Night of Long Knives. Yeah. Go look at Crystal Knight. Go look at the Night of Long Knives. Look at these things. You'll find out. Yeah. what he did and that's why we are a representative republic and we have a way of doing things that we need to get back to and part of that is paper and pencil for voting we never walked on the moon Elvis ain't dead you ain't going crazy it's all in your head 